Welcome everybody, whether you're watching live right now, maybe you're watching a VOD on YouTube or one of our many platforms and listening right now. Welcome to you guys. My name is Pastor Boz. I am the one of the lead team pastors here at God Squad Church. And this is the third week I'm preaching in a row. It's been <laughs> it's been a busy month for me. It's been a busy month, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. And today, uh, what, I'm, what we're going to be talking about together is we have, uh, I, I at least I do, I have a lot of people who have come to me in the past, and I, I've told you guys this before, I have people who come to me and they don't know what their purpose is, they don't know what their task is, they don't know what their gifts are and things like that, but I also have a select number of people that come to me and they say, well, it's too late for God to use me. It's too late for God to use me. And so I've entitled this sermon, It's Never Too Late. It's never too late for God to use you. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Put a seven in the chat if you, uh, we're, we're gamers here, okay? We are gamers. Have you guys ever experienced a, a, a delay in a video game that you are super excited about coming out? A delay in whatever video game it is. I know that I, I have experienced more than enough delays in my life that I'm, I'm I care to even speak about, but uh, delays is not new for people who play video games. Okay, delays happen all the time. Most of the games that were slated for release in 2021 got pushed to 2022 or even 2023, but there are a few games out there that they had a little bit of a longer of a delay than what we thought probably to begin with. So I first want to talk about Diablo 3, and it wasn't really necessarily a big, long delay necessarily. Diablo 3 started production. Guys, get this, okay? I learned this this week. Diablo 3 started production in the year of 2001. 2000, I was in seventh grade, okay? Then it got announced in 2008. I was already in college when it got announced at this point seven years later it gets announced the game wasn't released until 2012 <laughs> okay it had an 11 year gap between production and release and it got delayed a few times during that time because they wanted to continue making the game a little bit better some of you guys you guys probably know the memes if you haven't heard of this one this is one of the longest delays of any video game of all time, Duke Nukem Forever, 15 years, <laughs> 15 years. And not only was it released, uh, it was released to harsh criticism, a weak story, some uh, lackluster graphics, if you will. It, it just was not a good game. I never played it. I was never a, a Duke Nukem fan, but everybody was like, this is, this is, this is the game, 15 years. And it took for Duke Nukem Forever to come out. And we've seen games getting delayed all over the place. But I will say there's a few games that I'm okay with them being delayed because I know the product that I'm going to get when I'm get, when they're going to come around. And we're going to talk about a little bit about the Legend of Zelda series. Can I get an amen in the chat? The best video game series of all time. They are notorious, especially recently 
for having delays of their mainstream games, The Legend of Zelda, okay? They really have, you guys probably know most of them, but I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a tour down the history of The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, household name, everybody knows Ocarina of Time, okay? Everybody knows Ocarina of Time. It was slated for release in early 1998 and didn't actually come out until late 1998. Now, okay, it's like half a year, maybe three quarters of a year. It's really not the biggest delay in the world. Then you got come down to Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess was slated for release in 2005. It didn't come out until 2006. Twilight Princess, I actually pre-ordered on the GameCube because it was supposed to be a GameCube game, and it came out released with the Wii as well, kind of like what Breath of the Wild did, which we'll get to in just a couple of minutes. But Twilight Princess released with the Wii as well, so I had the GameCube version, and everybody else had the Wii version because I pre-ordered it because I was a real Legend of Zelda fan, and other people were just buying it on the day that it got, came out. Can I get an amen in the chat? Skyward Sword! It was slated for release. 2010. It got delayed until 2011. Breath of the Wild. Many of you know this one. It was slated for release in 2015. I remember watching. I remember watching the trailer in 2014 and them announcing Breath of the Wild. They didn't even announce the name of it yet. But they said this game is coming out in 2015. Delay. After delay, after delay, and I was so triggered. You can even ask my wife. I was like, when is this game going to come out? Finally released in 2017 alongside the Nintendo Switch, which was absolutely amazing. And then finally, we get to Breath of the Wild sequel. I'm not calling it Breath of the Wild 2 because they've never done that before in the history of the Legend of Zelda, except for when they came out with something called Zelda 2, the Adventure Lake. We don't talk about that game um, because, you know, it it just wasn't, it wasn't good. Anyways, Breath of the Wild, the sequel, slated for release in 2022. We heard about it back in 2019. And unfortunately, it got delayed recently again to the beginning of 2023, and we still don't know if that's going to be the actual date. I do think that they're not going to push it back again, but 2023 is what we're looking at, the beginning of 2023, with the new delay that we just got from the Breath of the Wild sequel. I can honestly say, though, that these games that were delayed, I'm okay with the delays. And like I said, I know the product that I'm going to get from the Legend of Zelda series. I know that I'm going to get a good, solid game. These games that got delayed that I just told you, these were some of the most critically acclaimed video games of all time. And the reason why I say of all time is because all of these games on multiple different areas and multiple sources gave them a 10 out of 10. Even Twilight Princess. Yes, even Twilight Princess, guys. It got a 10 out of 10 in a lot of different areas. These games are just, they're just good games. So during this whole entire time, you think the, the developers, they could have been like, eh, it's too late to come out with the game now. Yeah, the, the people are probably just mad at us. It's too late. But no, they continue to press forward. And when they did release it, it released with the full potential that the game could be giving to the audience. And that's what they did as they continued to re receive some of the best scores. Uh, Ocarina of Time just got put into the Video Game Hall of Fame. I didn't even know there was a Video Game Hall of Fame until like last month, okay? But it just got put into the Video Game Hall of Fame. Breath of the Wild, you know, that game received many, many perfect scores over, over the course of the past, uh, you know, five years or so. But here's the thing, in our lives, 
I feel like sometimes we might think that it's too late for God to use us. That it's too late for God to use us. Maybe you feel like you're too old for God to be able to use you now. Maybe you're, you know, what, whatever age you might be. I'm not going to say somebody's old or anything, but a lot of times people think that maybe they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s. It's too late for God to use me to my greatest potential. Maybe you feel like you've failed too many times, or maybe you feel like you've been broken too many times, that you're damaged, that my life is too broken. I've done too many horrible things for God to be able to use me to my greatest potential at this point. Or maybe you just, maybe your life was just too busy. Your life was really busy. Maybe you grew up and you, you were taking care of kids. You had a spouse. You had a house to take care of. You had a full-time job. And you, you, you now you're sitting there and you're like, it's too late for God to use me and what he called me for and what my purpose is. But I'm here to tell you today, it's never too late for God to use you. No matter what circumstance you're in, it's never too late for God to use you for the purpose that he created you for. So my first point that I want to go to, guys, is run away. Run away. We all have run away from something. Have you ever run away from something? I, I ran away from a house a couple of times when I was a kid. Ran away. Okay. I'd literally go into the front yard and like hide in the bank or something like that. My mom would be like, just don't tell people that you're running away, please. That's all she said. But there's a picture of me running away with my grumpy face. I have a backpack and my snow boots on. It's probably like 90 degrees outside, but, you know, wearing snow boots at the age of two. Nobody really cares. You're just a cute kid, right? So <laughs> I was running away, though. I think I was four years old in that picture. I still have it. Or maybe, you, but have you ever run away from something that you were called to do? I know that as a kid, my parents take out the trash. They wouldn't call me Pastor Boss. They would call me Ray because that's my real name. But Pastor Boss, take out the trash at seven years old. Call me Pastor Boss, right? And I'm sitting there playing The Legend of Zelda, going against a boss and A Link to the Past and I conveniently would forget to take out the trash. You guys know what I mean, right? Maybe you got caught up in playing a Call of Duty game. Maybe you're an old school person like me playing an online SOCOM 3 game when, when online gaming was really good in that day and age. You conveniently forgot to take out the trash, something that your parents called you to do. Or maybe you've run away in your life because something was too scary or because something seemed like it was too daunting of a task and you weren't, you were a little bit too afraid to step out of the boat, step out of your comfort zone to be able to do whatever it was that you were called to do. Some though have run away from what God has called them to do and what their per what uh, your purpose is in your life. And I'm going to talk about a personal story of mine in just a little bit. But first, I wanted to jump into Jonah. A lot of you know Jonah. If you grew up in Sunday school, you've probably heard of Jonah. Uh, even a lot of people who haven't grown up in church have heard of Jonah and his story. And we're going to start in Jonah chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. And it says this, well, actually, before before we get into that, I, I, let me give a short story because a lot of people will pro probably be lost here. I forget that sometimes. The short story of the intro to Jonah is that Jonah was called by God to go to a place called Nineveh and to preach his name there because they were sinning against God. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh, and so he was in a place called Joppa, and he got on a ship, and so he went to a place—he started to go to, anyways, to a place called Tarshish, okay? And— Tarshish, Tarshish is 3,000 miles out of the way. He had 700-something miles to go to get to Nineveh, and instead he got on a boat and went in the other direction, 
okay? <laughs> he was running away from specifically what God called him to do. Now the waves start getting go, going crazy in the sea. The ship is about to break apart. And so they start throwing off things off the ship. Jonah's sleeping on the ship and the crew comes to him and we see that the crew is actually paganistic. We do get that from other verses here and that they worship other gods, but they come to Jonah. They say, at least pray to your God that we might not be destroyed. What do we need to do? And so Jonah's like, okay, well, you know, you probably need to throw me off the ship because I'm, I'm actually going against what my God told me to do. And so we pick up here in Jonah chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. It says, Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you please. They're about to throw Jonah off the side of the ship. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. I want to point out something here, okay? God used Jonah running away. He used Jonah running away to fulfill a purpose. The entire crew, which was worshiping other gods, praying to other gods, hoping that their God would save them. But now you see that Jonah unintentionally converted the entire crew on this ship to worshiping God because now they're they're greatly fearing the Lord, which is being in complete awe of him. They're offering sacrifices and they made a vow. You know, like when you make a vow, when you make a vow to your, your spouse on your wedding day, they're making vows to God that they are now his people. We are your people now, God. Jonah unintentionally has this entire crew get saved because of what he did by running away, God used it to fulfill a different purpose than what he initially told Jonah that he was supposed to do. A lot of people say that they run away from God's calling in their lives for too long, though, and that it's too late for them, for, for them to fulfill any purpose. I want you to know that God's going to use the time that you might be running away from him for his glory anyways. He will be using that time for his glory regardless. He uses his time to refine you, to shape you into the man or woman of God that he created you to be. And listen, I'm not telling you that you should run away from God because that gives God more time to be able to fulfill or to, or to be able to do things. That's not what I'm saying. It makes life a lot more difficult. Let me tell you, it, it makes life a lot more difficult. But I'm saying if you have... If you have run away from him and the purpose that he's given to you, he can still use that to his advantage like he did with Jonah. Some of you might have a calling on your life and hey, if you're in a time of preparation and God is preparing you for something in the future, that's not running away. I'm talking to the people who God has called them to do something in their lives, but they're just, they're putting it on the back burner. They're not trying to move forward in it. So I want to give you guys an example of my story of running away from God. And a lot of times I say that it's not running away necessarily, but when I look back on it, it really was. It wasn't really the rebellious type of child, but 
I was told at a very young age that I was going to be a pastor. A lot of people would say, you're going to be a pastor one day. I didn't know what pastors did. They got up on stage and they spoke for 30 minutes. Sometimes they would have a longer sermon of 45 minutes. They would get off stage. I, I didn't know what they did during the week. It seems like an easy enough job, but I personally was like, ah, I don't think that's for me necessarily. And so I grew up thinking maybe I'll be a video game developer. I wanted to be a professional football player at one point, which with my size, that, 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 that wasn't going to go anywhere. That professional career went down the drain real quick. But the thing is, is I did run away from it for a little while. I eventually got into college and I got an email in my second year of college and it said, we're going to kick you out of college if you don't choose a major by the end of the week. Okay. That, that's, that's an email that I needed to get because I was like, that means I need to choose a major like today. So I went into all the list of the majors at my college. There's over 100 of them. And I got to tell you, I didn't like any one of them. I didn't like any one of the majors. None of them. There was no religious major. There was no major for Christianity. I just didn't like any of them. So I chose one that I could tolerate, which was sociology which I have today, my bachelor's of, soci of science and sociology and a minor in criminology. Criminology, I actually just did not like. I did not like those classes in sociology. I tolerated it and got my degree in that. But here's the thing. I kept running and I realized in that moment when I was looking at all the majors, I realized in that moment, oh my goodness, I don't have, I haven't been following the path that God set me on in the first place. I loved God with all of my heart. I love Jesus. And none of these things are calling out to me. God had already called me to be a pastor and a church planter. I was already being a youth leader. I was being trained by my pastor in multiple areas. As I got out of college and I went to go work inside of a group home, I was a deacon in my church with my wife. I was leading in multiple areas. I was on the board. I was on the mission board. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was doing all of these different things yeah, I wasn't moving forward in what God was actually calling me to do. And it was in that moment when I looked at all of my majors that I realized I'd been going in the wrong direction for a very long time. And because I wasn't pursuing what God had asked me to do in the first place, it was going to be a long road to get me to a place where I needed to be to fulfill the purpose that God was using me for. Now, during that time, he did refine me. He did help me and he did work through me. But it would have been a lot easier of a road if I had just tried to go towards it in the first place. So after this, whether it be that we ran away from God's call, or we feel that we're too old, too damaged, or whatever it might be for God to use us, he still calls us for our purpose. And he forgives us no matter for uh, no matter what the reason was for running away, which is my second point is forgiveness. We talked a lot about forgiveness last week in our in my sermon and God forgives us even when we've been running away for a long time. And so I'm going to read for you guys Jonah chapter 2. It's only 10 verses. It's not long. You could actually sit down and probably read the entire book of Jonah in 5 to 10 minutes. So let me read for you guys chapter 2. And I really enjoy this verse. Jonah is a... This is a very... Whoever wrote this book, if it was Jonah or whoever the author was, they're very, very... Um, uh, what's, what's the word? They're very... I don't, I don't know how to put it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it when I start reading it. So it says this in uh, chapter two, verse one, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the belly of the fish. He's in the fish's belly, swallowed up by a fish at this point. I called to the Lord in my distress and he answered me. 
I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to my neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seedweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. This guy should have been writing a script for Marvel, I feel like, at this point. Then... You raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. You get all these crazy things, and it's like, and then the fish vomited Jonah onto dry land. So Jonah is now going in the right direction at this point. God had to force him to go in the right direction. But here's the thing. Jonah had just run away from God and what God called him to do. He actually went in the opposite direction. I said before, he went to, he was trying to go to a place called Tarshish, which was 3,000 miles out of the way. 3,000 miles out of the way. But then God had different plans for Jonah. He gets swallowed in the belly of a great fish. And verse 2 states that he's, when, while he's praying, that God answered him and that God heard him. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm running away from God and I've done terrible, terrible things in my life, some sins or whatever it might be, I feel like I can't just go straight to God and just ask for forgiveness. That's not, that's not how it works. Or maybe, maybe you just did something five minutes ago that was against God and you can't just go to God and just ask for forgiveness right away, right? That's not how it works. If I went up to Pastor A.J. Valdez and punched him, at, well, actually, A.J. Valdez, he would probably forgive me. But let's just say from a human point of view, <laughs> I go up to A.J. Valdez, Pastor A.J. Valdez, and I punch him in the face. And I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry. Like his human reaction is not going to be, bro, it's, it's all right, man. Now, like I said, A.J. Valdez, he's on no level. So maybe he would. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is most people, if somebody asks for forgiveness two seconds later, like you need to prove to me that you're not going to punch me in the face again. That trust is not going to be built in 0.2 seconds. But here's the thing about God. His forgiveness is like that. If we have a true heart of repentance and a true heart where we come to him to ask for forgiveness, he is such a good and loving father and he is gracious and he understands and he knows what's in our heart. He is going to forgive you. But I feel like as humans, we need to prove ourselves sometimes. Oh, I, I just did this. And so I can't go to ask God for forgiveness. Oh, I just did X, Y, and Z. So I can't go to, go to God. I, I need to prove for a few days. I need to feel better. I need to not feel shame. I need to not feel guilt. I got news for you today. If you don't want to feel shame or guilt, we need to be going to the Lord on our hands and knees right when we do something wrong and confess to him what we've been doing. We talked about confession last week. We need to be doing that on the, you know, when we do something and anything 
that is that is wrong against him. We need to be doing that right away. We believe that we've done too many things wrong or like I said, like we just did something wrong and we don't think that God is going to hear us or listen to us, but we can see from chapter two in Jonah that he does hear us. We see that isn't true that he doesn't hear us. So my question for you right now is, are you in a place right now where you think you have fallen too far for God to be able to use you to your greatest potential? If you believe that's true, you underestimate the power of God. If you feel like you've fallen too far, or that you're too old, or you're too damaged, or that you've done too many things that are too wrong for God to be able to use you, you underestimate the power of my God. You underestimate his power. So the final point I want to get into is your purpose. Your purpose. So we talked about running away and asking for forgiveness after running away. But now a lot of times when that happens, we feel like, "Ah, that's it. It's too late for God to use us. I want to go back to my first example of Breath of the Wild. It was delayed for a few years before being released once again to my my despair in those days of wanting to be able to play this amazing game that they've been showing and talking about for a few years, and it kept getting delayed. But here's the thing. During that time, before it was released, it was being refined, it was being tested, it was being updated. There were so many things that were going on with the game, and it wasn't too late for it to be released. Like I said before, the developers, they could have said, you know what, we showed this game off in 2014, and we we just should not have done that, guys. Guys, we've been updating and putting all of our resources into the game all this time, all of this money, but the people are they are just going to be mad at us at this point, so why don't we just not release it at all, move on to the next project? We're not going to release it at all. I would have been so upset if that happened. Games getting canceled, I feel bad for those people, but it's like, oh, let's just not do it anyways. It's not worth it at this point. But here's the thing. Not only did Breath of the Wild turn out to be the largest selling Zelda game of all time, it actually doubled the number of the next largest selling game, uh, selling Zelda game of all time, which was Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, I think, sold like 13 million units or something like that. And Breath of the Wild sold over 28 million units. With all of the delays, all of the time, all of the resources, it wasn't too late for the game to come out and just like Jonah he had a purpose it wasn't too late for God to use Jonah even after he tried to run away he ran from it he asked for forgiveness in the belly of the fish and then he returned to what his purpose actually was and so now I want to read for you Jonah chapter 3 I'm not going to go into chapter 4 I encourage you to read chapter 4 because Jonah is a very interesting individual I was talking to Techie and Pastor AJ Valdez before before server started he is a very interesting individual Jonah chapter 3 verse 1 it says this the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time get up the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time time. Sometimes God needs to speak to us multiple times to get through to our heads. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up, 
went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now Nineveh was an extremely great city, a three-day walk. Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, In 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. Could you, uh, I wish it was that easy sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? For people to believe God. I wish it was that easy. They proclaimed the fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. That when word, word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh. By order of the king and his nobles, no person or animal, herd or flock is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and from his wrongdoing. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. God saw their actions and that they had turned away from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. You see, Jonah still had a purpose. Even after he ran away from God, he still had a purpose anyways. And when he finally fulfilled what God had called him to do, a miracle broke out. A whole entire nation, a great nation, came to know who God was because Jonah had fulfilled his purpose. It took some time. It took God to put him in the right direction. It took Jonah a little while to get there, but he fulfilled his, a purpose and a miracle happened in that entire nation. The entire nation was saved from God's destruction, it, but they also were saved because they now believed in God. It was because God transformed their lives using Jonah as a vessel because he was used for God's purpose. So my question for you is, what miracle does God want to do through you? God's called you into something. God has called you for a purpose. What miracle does God want to do through you? I want to share one last example. And this last example that I have is more for those people that maybe they think it's too late because they're too old. They think, well, I, I ran away from God and what he was calling me to do for 20 years. 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And so now I'm at an age that God really can't use me for what he said he wanted me to do in the first place. And so I wanted to talk about my mom for just a minute. My mom, she didn't run away from God's call, but she was very busy. She was busy raising four children, taking care of a house, being a good wife for my dad, she was, you know, she was doing all the things and she was serving God all at the same time. She was doing all these things, but God had called her to be a pastor. But with everything that was going on, her going to college and all that stuff, it just, it just wasn't in the cards for her. So after my dad retired, my mom decided that she was going to go back to college a little while later. And she went back to college and she got her degree. She did really good. I think she graduated with the highest uh, the highest grade point average in her class and did all these amazing things. It took her a long time to do it, but she did. 
She finally became a pastor, the calling that God had put in her life, after the age of 60 years old. She was already in her 60s, and yet she's still going to fulfill the purpose that God put in her life because she knew that, listen, I don't care how old I am. I don't care how long it's taken me to get to this point. I'm still going to fill what God has called in my life. Most people, when they're in their 60s, they're looking for retirement. They're looking for a time of rest because they've been working their entire life. And she said, you know what? I still have a purpose. I still have a calling that God put in my life. I'm still going to press forward and I'm still, still going to do that. And so what I'm asking you today is to have that type of heart. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been running from God, how broken you are, how damaged you are, how many things have gone wrong in your life, how many times that you've failed. God still has a purpose and it's not too late for you to be used by God. I don't care how much of your life you've wasted away. Maybe you think I've been wasting my life on video games for five years. I haven't gotten up to do anything. God can't use me anymore. No, he still can. You still have a purpose. He created you specifically in mind to do something. We are all called as the body of Christ. I don't know if you're the thumb. I don't know if you're the toe. I don't know if you're the knee. I don't know what part of the body you are, but God has called you for a purpose to move forward. And that's what he wants from you. It's not too late. No matter where you're at in your life, it is not too late to be used for God's purpose. It wasn't too late for Jonah, and it definitely isn't too late for you. So right now, I want you guys, as, as we close, I want you to analyze yourself right now a little bit. Has God called you to do something for him and you haven't followed, followed through with it yet? I mean, like, you know for a fact, this is the purpose that God has put in my life, but I haven't moved forward in it. Why you ask yourself the question, why? Why have I not stepped out of my comfort zone? If God has called me to do this, he's prepared me for it and he's equipped me for it. Why have I not stepped out to do it yet? Like I said before, maybe you feel like you're too old, too damaged, you've been through too much. Do you feel like it's too late for you at this point? Because it's not. If you haven't followed through with God and what God is calling you to do, there's still forgiveness to be found at the feet of Jesus. There's always forgiveness to be found at the feet of Jesus. You can always go to God and say, listen, I am sorry, I've been running for you. Listen, like I said, I ran from God for a very long time and it took me on a few different detours that I should not have had to go on. But the fact of the matter was God said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I still have a purpose for you anyways. I'm still going to use you. And he used that time for me as I was running away to refine me, to help me, to help me to grow in multiple different areas. But the fact of the matter is it took me a long time to get to where I was supposed to be in the first place because I decided to run away. But there was forgiveness to be found. There is forgiveness to be found in God. As Jonah called out to God after running away, we can do the same thing and he can hear us and answer us as well during those times. And maybe you're at a place in your life where you're not even sure what your purpose is yet. You don't even know what your calling is. You feel like you've never heard from God. I want to encourage you to do something. 
I encourage you to reach out to God and to talk to him and to ask him what your purpose is. I'm not talking about doing this once or twice or even just a week. I'm talking about firmly going to God on a daily basis on your hands and knees and dropping before him because you don't know what you're calling, your purpose or what your gifts are. And you say, God, I don't know what it is that you have asked me to do, but I want to discover my purpose in this moment. I want to discover my my purpose because I know that I was created for that. I also encourage you to reach out to mentors or even the leaders or pastors here at God Squad Church. Ask us to, so we can connect with you and talk with you and help you discover your... Listen, one of, the, one of the pillars of our church, one of the core values, the third core value of, of our church is discover your, our, discover your purpose. We want you to discover what your purpose is so we can move into the fourth core value, which is make a difference. I truly believe that each and every single person that's in this chat right now, I, Lex Brig, I am Prepong, Jenkins Gaming, Sora Oblivion. I know this is first service people, but I don't know who you are in second per- for service that's here, but you guys in second service as well. You have a purpose that God has created you for, and he wants to use you. You have a purpose. Connect with somebody so we can help you discover your purpose, make a difference, and make an impact in this world. Because I truly believe that you can. Maybe there's some of you in here that don't know Jesus at all, though. You don't know what your purpose is, but you've never discovered who Jesus is. And I think a lot of people, that's one of the things that's holding them back as well, which goes back to the title of the sermon. It's never too late. Some people think it's too late for them to accept Jesus Christ into their lives. I remember one time I was working in the factory a few years back and there was this older guy who was there. And I don't remember how we got into subject of of salvation and Jesus or anything like that. But as I was walking out the lunchroom door, he said to me, he said, you know, Ray, I got to say one thing, though. I said, what's up? And he said, I've already made my decision because honestly, it's too late for me. And I turned around to him and I said, it's never too late. Until the day that you pass away, it is never too late to accept Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you today, it's never too late for you to accept Jesus. I don't know what you're carrying around in your life. I don't know what baggage you have. I don't know what's weighing you down. I don't know the things that you've done. But Jesus has already overcome all of those things. He wants you so that you can have a purpose and have a fulfilling life. Jesus can take all of those things that are weighing you down off of you and he can save you from all of the things that you have done. And so I want to give you an opportunity today. If you don't know who Jesus is, it's not too late. It's not too late to accept him into your life because Jesus came down and lived a perfect life here on earth. And he went to the cross and he died so that all the things that I've done, all the things that you've done, all the things that anybody has done in this entire world, past, present, and future, that they would be saved by his death and resurrection. And when he rose from the dead, he broke through the sins that we've committed. He broke through the barrier of death that's supposed to hold us down. He broke through the grave and he showed that death could not hold him, that sin could not hold him. He broke through all of those things 
And when we believe in him as our Lord and Savior, and we repent of our sins, we ask God for forgiveness, and we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, we get to be able to live with him for all of eternity in heaven. Listen, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I truly believe there is a real hell and that there is a real heaven. And I don't want to see anybody going to hell. It is a horrible place and there is torture for all of eternity. But when you're in heaven, it's complete peace. It's complete pain. It's pain free. There's no more tears. It's a place with Jesus to be able to sit next to him and to be with him for all of eternity. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ right now and you're in the chat, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ into your life for the first time. Or maybe you've been falling away for a long time and you want to rededicate your life. You feel like I've been, I've been going on a different path for far too long. I'm ready to come back and to start my purpose. I want to give you an opportunity to be able to do that as well. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time or rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is to repeat this prayer after me. It's not a, the prayer that saves you or anything. It's something that people tangibly can use to be able to say, I remember that day that I accepted Jesus Christ into my life because there are doubts that come in our lives. But I promise you that when you accept Jesus Christ in your life, it is an amazing feeling. And so what I would ask you to do if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life or rededicate your life today to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe that he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I ask for your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I receive it into my life. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we put some hype in the chat for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ for the first time today? Once again, maybe you're watching on a VOD. Maybe you're watching on YouTube or live right now. Hey, I want to congratulate you for accepting Jesus Christ in your life. Listen, it is a decision that you are never, ever going to regret.